0: Uh, welcome to the first episode of the Real Estate's podcast. This first episode, we're going to focus on uh, real estate agents, which uh, tends to be like uh, a topic in, or, in and of itself. We have today uh, Todd Cutter, CEO, broker, owner of uh, Google Stalker Real Estate. How are you doing, Todd?
1: I'm doing great. And yourself?
0: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Perhaps uh, the first thing that comes to mind when people think about real estate agents are... Uh, The old caricatures of the past, the whole like uh, used car salesman stick. Do you think that uh, affects like the first reaction when you tell people like, what are you working?
1: Sure. I mean, I think perception is is a big battle for real estate agents and uh, much like in many industries. And I think that one of the things that myself as a real estate agent coming up and evolving into a broker and certainly what I transcribed to the agents at the company is that. You know, trust is something that you earned and the only way really to break molds of perception is by proving those perceptions to be erroneous. There are still many people, unfortunately, that fit that mold very well. And luckily, this is a podcast and not a video because my hair is slicked back, but I'm not wearing a blazer. Uh, but when you peel off those molds and you're able to transmit to your buyers and your sellers in the transaction real value and building trust with them by adding knowledge to their transaction, that's when you really are able to, to break that down and, and clients understand really quickly. But but without a doubt, that uh, perception and that old mindset of what the real estate agent is out there just to earn a commission is something that certainly as real estate agents we're forced with and we're, we're up against every day.
0: Would you say there's also like an important difference when you work with, uh, when- like the frame of big brands, uh, big uh, real estate agencies, focus more on volume,
1: let's say. I'm not here to speak negatively about any one franchise brand or the way that each of them do business. I think certainly independently, each of them manage their business in, the own, in their own way. What I can speak to personally is that, um, you know, our company, we've been approached by every franchise and brand in the industry that comes to Costa Rica in search of opportunities to expand. Um, and in the end, we've never gotten on board with that because my perception historically has been um, our success has really all been about the people and it's about building relationships based on, as I mentioned earlier, trust and and it's never been about the name on the door, but rather the people that sit behind the door Uh, and that's from the newest and youngest agents to the most veteran agents that we have and so I think some, you know, some franchises have been able to break that mold while others might not have as they look to build by numbers and not by quality and so it's it's a difficult Uh, I think it's a difficult challenge for all companies, whether you're a franchise or an independent boutique firm like ourselves, is to balance the need for growth and find critical mass in the marketplace and try to find cornering market share. Without sacrificing quality. And particularly in Costa Rica, while things have changed, this is a market historically without an MLS and without licensing requirements for real estate agencies. So, for here, and it's one of the reasons why when some of the brands have approached this, I've always proceeded with a lot of caution because with expectations of rapid growth, it's very easy to quickly lose in quality uh, when most of the agents that are getting into the industry really don't have any background and there's no barrier to entry. So, it's certainly a delicate issue across the board. Uh, in the country and certainly wanted our company that, that we take very seriously.
0: Now doubt you mentioned uh, Costa Rica. Uh in th- terms of the specifics of like Costa Rica's real estate market, mm-hmm. there's also that being like historical preconceptions about like uh, old tales about about like signing agreements on napkins and those kind of like things. <laughs>
1: The wild, wild west. Yes. And, you know, I mean, we've been here, I've been here, I guess, in Costa Rica for almost 27 years now. And so certainly things have changed quite a bit over the course of that time period. Uh, When I first got into the industry, obviously it was a much more informal industry and, and with informality oftentimes comes opportunities. And so a lot of the early adapters and the early birds that came to Costa Rica took advantage of amazing opportunities and less structure in every aspect of the transaction, whether it was a back of the napkin transaction or many times no no napkin, no paper, and no agreements whatsoever other than a handshake. That was the way business was done here early on. Uh, I would say that over the course of now, I would say two really big boom cycles. One, pre-financial crisis building up to 2008. And then of course, uh, the unexpected boom that took place as a result of COVID and people from all across the globe looking for new places to live and looking to live their life in the now. And the boom that that created all All of that has come, there's been effects from it, and one of the positive impacts of those booms has been the need to find more maturity, more sophistication in the real estate market, uh, which has really benefited the clients, both buyers and sellers, to find better structure. And better structure comes with more sophisticated contracts, more sophisticated legal systems, systems to protect buyers and sellers, like in the U.S., such as third-party escrows and and things that in the U.S. are are very basic to real estate transactions for Costa Rica are still fair new. And so that's all been a benefit, I would say, to the buyers and sellers. And we're slowly moving into a more regulated interest I- industry where now, in fact, real estate agents are regulated by a local financial entity called Suhef, which is really out there uh, to seek support from real estate uh, agents, brokerages, and other people involved in high volume uh, financial transactions to for money laundering, et cetera, et cetera. And while it's not necessarily the reason why it should be regulated, I think eventually it's really going to bring a positive impact to the market, affecting the type of agents that are in the bu- in the business, take the business seriously, and are really out there to serve their clients' best interests.
0: And this initial uh, wild, wild west that you mentioned, yep. I guess that also the Change in structure, the uh, let's say more official means of how to proceed have also met some resistance. You think?
1: You know, Costa Rica, I think, in so many ways, beyond the real estate market, historically has been a wild, wild west and in a very positive sense. It's kind of the you know, many of the foreign foreigners and now expats that live here came here because it was really a sense of true freedom, right? I mean, U.S. is considered this place of true freedom, but there's obviously so many rules, regulations, and placemarks there that establish what you can do, how you can do it business wise, and others. And Costa Rica has been a much more free-spirited, free-spirited, I would say, Democracy in that regards, and when it comes to real estate, those opportunities and the boundless opportunities, as well as the the lack of parameters from which to work, created a lot of financial opportunities. Created obviously the obviously the opportunity as well for uh, improprieties and 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 perhaps transactions that shouldn't have taken place were able to take place. When you start to peel that back and try to place order into the industry, you're gonna you're gonna naturally find people that object to that, whether it's at the government level whether it's early adopters in the real estate world, agents and brokerages that were used to doing things in a different way, uh, and certainly buyers and sellers who weren't used to the formalities. For example, one of the things that we find at our company, I mean, we have a very, uh, a very defined process how we go about transactions, whether it's the signing of a letter of intent and moving forward into a purchase and sale agreement and depositing funds into escrow and carrying out a due diligence period and closing statements and things that in the U.S. are very commonplace, but really for Costa Rica, I would say five, 10 years ago, most of that stuff didn't really Take place in most transactions, and we find sellers who are completely against what we try to do. We find other agents who say, "Why are you doing this? I don't understand. This is so complicated." And of course, our response is, "No, it's not complicated. What we're doing is out there to protect our buyers and our sellers, and putting together a formal process so that everybody's interests are protected." But, but without a doubt, with with change in any industry, you're going to certainly find people who are. We're going to fight against it, um, but I think in the end, most of the change that we're seeing is is for a positive. And um, well,
0: now that you mention it, also seems like the role of the real estate agent in uh, changing landscape uh, with so much like uncertainty at times also comes with additional responsibilities, right? Of
1: course, of course. I think that any real estate professional in Costa Rica or anywhere else in the world, if they're not taking their job seriously, they're really in the wrong profession. And what I mean by that is, you know a real estate transaction for most people is the most important financial decision that people are going to make in their lifetime. And what happened in Costa Rica is historically, because there was no regulation, no licensing, people were placing such an important financial decision in the hands of people that may or may not have been qualified to actually provide them with guidance and professionalism throughout the process. And so when you touch on it, I always I always think about it as, as, and I tell the agency, what is the value that you're adding to your clients every day? And as the market becomes more sophisticated, as prices rise, as there's a more formal process, as clients are looking to get more educated in order to make smart decisions, it requires a trusted advisor, right? And our, our agents at our company, I don't refer to them as salespeople, certainly not used car salespeople or otherwise, because I believe that at the core, they add value to their buyers and sellers. And An agent that isn't adding value to their buyers or sellers is in the wrong industry. And I I always challenge our agents every single day that when you walk into a meeting or you walk into a showing, if you're not fully convinced that you're providing more value to that client than anybody else in the marketplace, then you need to come have a talk with me. And we need to learn a little bit more about the real estate industry, because I'm a firm believer that no different than if I were to go into Birmingham, Alabama, where I grew up, and tried to buy a piece of real estate today, as much as I know about real estate, I know nothing about real estate in that market. And I would wanna go higher A professional agent there that's an expert that can help guide me through the process in addition to market pricing and insight into historic trends, I would want someone to help hold my hand through the process and walk me through it because I know that while they earn a commission for doing their work, I'm going to have a smarter investment because of it.
0: In Which ways can real estate agents add value to their client to Great
1: question. I think there's, there's two ways you have to split it. Obviously, if you look at the buy side and the sell side of the transaction, obviously, I touched on a few of the things from the buy side. A buyer that comes in Into our marketplace, whether they're an expat coming down from the U.S. or frankly, a Costa Rican, we do a lot of business with Costa Ricans here and and it's market education, market knowledge, insight and trends. We're in a market where there's no historic data, there's no MLS. And so what in the U.S. is is the touch of a button, a printout, and you get all the historic data and percentage increase, inventory count. You don't have that here. And so even more so, the buyers really need to rely on the expertise of that agent to understand are they buying at the top of the market? Is the market softening? What are their predictions? What's been going on? Why is this community more liquid than this community? Where do you think is a better investment? So from the buy side, I think it's really all about uh, that market knowledge and and guiding them through the process and the transaction. On the sell side, likewise, it's about knowledge, right? When a seller calls an agent uh, adding value, the seller that says, I want $5 million for my house. And the agent says, okay, great. We're ready to go to work for you without properly analyzing and evaluating is $5 million too much? Is $5 million too little? Uh, And the agent that's scared uh, to put themselves in that uncomfortable position of having that conversation up front with the seller is doing their seller a disservice, whether they're undervaluating or overvaluating their property. Other things for sellers, of course, are preparing them. Are you ready to sell? Do you have the following documentation in place and ready? Uh, Does the house need to be staged? Do you need to prepare yourself better in order to get ready for the sale of your home? Do you need to declutter the home? Uh, What is the legal status of your property right now? And are you really engaged and have you decided to make the decision to sell? A lot of sellers will come to us and say, hey, we're we're really ready to sell. And then two weeks later, when they really process it, oh, I'm not sure. And my daughter has six months left and all the emotional processes that are a hundred percent normal to think about buying or selling real estate. It's our job as an agent adding that value to help those sellers process those emotions and make sure that when they go to market, that they're prepared to go to market. And that means being prepared to show their home whenever there is a client. It means being prepared to leave their home to allow the agent to walk through with clients clients peacefully and let them show the home and and let those buyers feel that they're going through their home. So there's a process on both sides, buy and sell side, to make sure that the agent is really adding value to that transaction. And then certainly on both sides, buy or sell the entire process through due diligence, through negotiations and bringing the, the process to a close. In Costa Rica, because there's not as much structure, transactions to get them to close are oftentimes much more complex than they would be in the U.S., where process and protocol is laid out in black and white.
0: Now that you mentioned like the US in particular, how's the process of uh, acclimatization, like getting them to know what to expect, like measure expectations. You
1: you hit it on the head, right? It's all about expectations, right? And and you asked the last question was about value. I think one of the greatest values that real estate agents provide or can provide to their clients in a transaction in Costa Rica is education and providing and establishing clear expectations. What about the process in Costa Rica is the same as what you're used to in the US? And let me explain this is what's different and why. And let me talk to you about timelines. And, And what we found is certainly when clients have real expectations because you as their trusted advisor have established those up front, they really understand the process and they have no problem acclimating, if you will, to that process. But if you make assumptions that they know what you know as an expert, then you're going to run into a brick wall. And certainly clients from the U.S. and Canada and Europe may have problems understanding the process. And so it is, in my opinion, the onus of the real estate agent to make sure they're educating their clients and perhaps the greatest value value they add to that transaction is the establishment of those realistic expectations.
0: Is there a challenge to uh, deal with these expe- expectations, particularly as Costa Rica grows and grows in terms of like this trendy destination, uh, also in terms of like the diversification of demographics arriving to Costa Rica?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I think expectations are critical. I think where where we find challenges often and will always be a challenge is when the pieces of the transactions that are out of our hands, uh, when they rely on government institutions that we can't control, the lawyer's can't control, escrow agents can't control, whether it's a building permit or a specific request at the local municipality level or the government level or perhaps a banking level. Uh, Those are institutions that don't necessarily work at the same velocity as clients are expected. And so, again, even if setting the expectation of, hey, I don't know when this is going to happen, this is an uncertain factor that we can't control, but I will keep you abreast and posted as the progress goes, that's better than saying it's going to be 30 days when in reality, we just don't know. So that's certainly an ongoing issue and will always be an issue that there's parts of the process that we and other advisors that we recommend, be them attorneys or architects or topographers or escrow agents, we can control most of that process. And so we can set very clear expectations. And even when we don't control the process, we try to set those expectations clearly for the clients, even if it about uncertainty. Um, You touched on one other point just to to wrap that one up because I didn't want to leave that untouched. You mentioned the demographics, right? The demographics are definitely changing. If you think about where the Costa Rican real estate market was 10 years ago, 15 years ago versus where it is today, the type of sophistication, frankly, the type of economic impact the buyers are having, uh, buyers who are looking at products like the Waldorf Astoria, the one and only, the Four Seasons, uh, and an array of five and six six-star resort investments, in addition to smaller boutique destinations like Santa Teresa or Manuel Antonio, where there's unique properties, they're selling anywhere from $3 million to $12 million and up, uh, it changes the dynamics and the expectations of that billionaire client who's coming into play in a marketplace where historically prices were maybe in the 500 to a million and a half range changes expectations. And it's important that real estate agents understand the expectations of their clients so they can adapt to
0: them. In terms of the landscape of Costa Rica, you've touched upon some things that can be somewhat uh, guided and streamlined by the mere fact of having a real estate agent. Yep. Uh, it also has to do with like Costa Rica, despite all its uh, benefits and uh, losses a destination. It's no uh, secret to anyone that it has a very particular kind of bureaucracy. So which ways uh, can real estate agents in in particular, help like clients uh, streamline these processes that perhaps they don't even know about?
1: Yeah, great question. I think one of the things that is real estate agents, you know, I found early on, you know, I come from a customer service background. Before I got into real estate, I was in the travel agency industry and it was all about customer service. And one of the things that spilled over naturally was that same service and understanding that, you know, our clients that come from Atlanta, New York, Dallas, Aspen, Colorado, wherever they may be coming from, they're used to going any marketplace buying a home and all the peripheral services that they're used to, whether it's furnishing their home or hiring an attorney or going to Home Depot or going to the local decor store, are just not as simple here, right? I mean, Costa Rica has developed and advanced tremendously over the past 25 years in my being here. But at the end of the day, it is still a developing country. And there are things that require a little bit more hand-holding. So I think the successful real estate agents here are the ones that go above and beyond and really help their clients, not only with the expectations that we talked about, but also just doing more services providing, excuse me, more services for their clients. One of the things that we try to do and to help it control their their process to make sure it's a successful outcome is make sure that if and when we're recommending other per- professionals to them, that they're people that we've highly vetted and worked with over the course of a decade plus of time. Uh, and those are, again, l- lawyers, escrow agents, uh, any other financial service, insurance agents, to really try to help them piece the puzzle together to make the process easier. And I think that's the best, the best thing that a a real estate agent can do for their clients. And frankly, the clients ask upon their real estate agent, right? Even if it's just the name, uh, it's it's important to understand that the internet is a a wild, vast place and we can't expect our clients to find the right solutions. They can find solutions online, but they're not always the right solutions online. Uh, And being so far away from home and and dealing with a language barrier, uh, it's one of the the greatest assets, I think, that the real estate agent can add value to their clients is really helping them through the process above and beyond on the real estate transaction.
0: There's something uh, about uh, what you mentioned, Googling like, oh yeah, I want to buy a home in Costa Rica. Yeah. Well, I'll just choose this spot or whatever. And just that simple decision on the macro level also needs some guidance as we uh, talked before. Like, yeah, it's a specific like location in Costa Rica. Destination has their own buy their own field. So as an agent, I guess that's also an important fact, you know, to differentiate each uh, setting.
1: Absolutely. Everything is not always as it appears. Yeah. It's funny. We, we filmed many, many years ago a a program on HGTV, uh, I forget the name of the program, where they came down and they did this whole show about the buying process of some of our clients. And I laughed hysterically when the clip was published because they put a picture of the volcano, the Volcan Poas, which is about 45 minutes outside of the city as if it were the view from the penthouse that we were selling these clients here in the city. And and it's an example of everything is not always as it seems. And so back to your question, you know, one of the things that's critical is for clients that are out there that are looking for real estate in Costa Rica. This is a tiny country, but it's extremely diverse. And the worst thing that a buyer can do is buy the perfect home in the wrong location. When I say the wrong location, not because it's dangerous or because something's going to happen, but it has to be the right location for them. And buying the right home in the wrong location is rest recipe for disaster and so When a client calls us and says, Hey, I really want to buy this home. I saw you had online. Tell me more about it. I want to make an offer. I want to come down and visit. Ironically, as a salesperson, right? You would think that I would be all over that. And one of the first things that all of our agents learn is that you need to slow a buyer like that down and start asking questions, questions to understand who the buyer is. Have you been to Costa Rica? Oh, I've never been. Oh, what drew you to this house? And what drew you to this location? Oh, well, I'm looking for a a place on the beach. Oh, well, that happens to be 45 minutes from from the beach. Let's let's start over, right? And really try to take the process from a macro to micro level. Looking at real estate in Costa Rica, again, even though it's a small country, it'd be like saying, I want to go buy something in Florida and just making an offer, right? Naples is very different than Miami. Miami is very different than Jacksonville. Uh, And and the same goes for any state. And Costa Rica is no different. It's extremely diverse. And so the agents really need to be cautious and deliberate with making sure that their clients, again, getting back to the same thing we talked about earlier, it's about expectation. Like, I don't know... um, of what you're looking for unless I ask. If you tell me that house is amazing, of course it is. It's beautiful. It's got this and it's got that and this criteria and it's it's a stunning view and it's right on the beach. But you may tell me that you have kids and you're scared that your kids are close to the ocean and you don't want this and you don't want that. But I won't know unless I ask. And so, uh, you know, the agents that are able to listen and learn and translate that information into a benefit for their client are the ones who are not only going to be successful as agents, uh, but who are going to provide and guide successful investments for their client. Yeah, because also
0: like with the widespread access to information, anybody can really just like look out for essential information. As agents, I guess like like the differentiation factor is your expertise.
1: Absolutely. Anybody can go online. Like we have offices all over Costa Rica. And anybody can go online and look for Camarindo Real Estate, right? Or anybody can look for Manuel Antonio Real Estate. They can look for the houses. They can find the product. They can read the description that somebody wrote about these destinations. But if I get on the phone and ask you, tell me about your family and tell me about your wife and where do your kids go to school and what activities do they do they enjoy doing and what, what's your ideal vacation? Like, do you like to be in a resort atmosphere? Oh no, we love boutique setting. I don't like having neighbors close to me. In 30 seconds, I can learn a lot more about you than you're telling Google or chat gpt or bard or whoever your your most friendly searches in in these changing times and so that human touch you know transitioning into that is never going to go away and the importance i would say for buyers is not to lose that remember that you can benefit tremendously by learning from an agent who's willing to share their knowledge with you much more knowledge than you'll ever be able to find online whether you're reading a, a real estate website or a tourist website talk to someone who lives there talk to someone who understands understands. understands the country, has experience there. Uh, And I think that you'll find that that adds much more value than any search. You know, the search is an important part. You can educate yourself a lot maybe narrow down the options. Uh, but I think certainly, uh, you know, a 30-minute conversation with a with a sophisticated and educated real estate agent is going to get you a lot further.
0: Mostly talked about like real estate agents as these kind of like advisors. And how do a real estate agent keeps him or herself like up to date in terms of like uh, not only their uh, particular like environment, but also like the, tr- the wider trends like in the industry? Great question.
1: Well, one of the things that, that we do, um, we're members of two different international firms. The first one we've been a member of for 15 years is called the Husu in luxury real estate. Uh, And Scott and I as as brokers and certainly all of our agents are members there. We are also members of, we're their exclusive Board of Regents members in Costa Rica. And I'm actually sit on their executive committee, one of, I think, 10 people globally on their committee. But we're not just members. It's not a Rolodex. We actively participate. We're there at two conferences every year, uh, it's a very intimate group of the most exclusive and successful real estate brokers around the world. And we go to those conferences, not just to have a cocktail party and, and eat good food and go to beautiful places. We learn firsthand what's going on in each and every one of the top markets around the world, not just real estate trends, technology trends, market trends, financial trends. And we bring all that information back. And again, it's not just Scott and I that go, but all of our agents go from different, different conferences and participate in those conferences. So that's one piece of it. We're also members of Scott and I are, of another organization called Realm, and it's a similar elite organization of top agents, hand picked agents from all over over the globe. And there's a lot of sharing both of those organizations. We have either weekly or monthly conference calls with them to learn about top trends in the marketplace, what's going up, what's going down, how interest rates are affecting the market, what's going on in the second home market. And we really try to bring that information and share that with our agents. At the domestic level, because our firm has agents all over the country, nearly 40 agents all over the country now, we do company calls and we share a lot of knowledge internally within group company chats. We actually. We actually also have annual collectives where our entire team gets together. And we share information about it because what's going on in Tamarindo, while it doesn't affect day-to-day what's happening with the agent in Dominical, when a client goes down to Dominical and wants to understand, hey, I really love this house, but I was just up in Tamarindo and I saw a place that was twice as expensive on half as much land or vice versa, the agents then understand perspective. Well, sure, of course, you were in a gated community called Hacienda Pinilla that has resort amenities. Of course, you're going to get a smaller piece of land because you're sacrificing the land for the amenities and the golf course and the tennis and the beachfront, whereas here, we're not giving you the amenities, but we're going to give you acreage. And so it comes down to what's more important for you as a client. So that agent education, as you refer to that, that continued education is critical to being able to provide perspective to their clients uh, as they look upon these really critical, important decisions, particularly buying in a foreign country.
0: Yeah, that's like perhaps what people don't see when they reach to an agent. Like there's that whole like structure behind it, Go be like from marketing, from like the whole process you mentioned, like the adjacent relationships that have have been built over time. sure. So yeah, like just reaching out to an agent that comes with an important baggage. So as you mentioned, it's like an essential position in your future life.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I tell clients all the time, ask the questions, ask your agent, what do they know about other areas? What other areas should they look at based on what they know about you? Right. And make sure you do your homework in looking at all the different areas and ask difficult questions of your real estate agent. If they can't answer them, it may be a time for you to pull up either the yellow or the red flag.
0: Well, uh, thanks for the conversation, Todd.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. Alonzo. always a pleasure. This
0: was the first episode of the to Costa Rica Real Estate Podcast. Uh, we'll be touching upon other subjects uh, related to real estate in Costa Rica and the wider trends in the industry in the next episodes.